0: reading from the psalm psalm 37 starting at the first verse do not fret because of the wicked do not be envious of wrongdoers for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb trust in the lord and do good so that you will live in the land and enjoy security take delight in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in a time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. And again, I'm leaving the Corinthians text for you to read on your own, but we have been working our way through Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, if you've been paying attention to the lectionary text. So that one is for you. We'll move ahead to the Luke text that we have and let me say a couple of things about this before we start. First of all, my process in working through this is I take a day and I just I pray and play music and and whatever and I sit with a season's worth of lectionary text. So I started in mid-January for these and went through what the texts were, looked at the hymns, I give Debbie a list of hymns, and we look at if there's anything special happening that we need to pay attention to, and I sit with the texts and try to figure out themes and how they'll be preached and all that kind of stuff. This text, you need to know, has haunted me since mid-January. I've been struggling with it mightily all that time. And I'm not entirely still yet sure what to do with it, but we'll see if we make it through today. I will remind you that this is Jesus' sermon on the plains. In Luke, unlike in Matthew, Jesus preaches on the plains, not the sermon on the mount. He comes down off the mountain, And talks to the common people, not just to his disciples. So he's talking to people that are regular, ordinary, first century Jewish people listening to Jesus preach. And this is what he says. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on your cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone who takes away your coat, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. This is the, this is the part that gets me. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners love those who love them. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's really important to remember that Jesus is talking to all the people, the common people here. And understand that in Jesus' time, common pe- um, Keith, I'm going to move a lot, because I'm going hit, to hit John in just a minute. Turn your cheek, brother. Um, it's really important to remember that Jesus is talking to the common people of his day. Understand who those people were. They were people that were living under Roman oppression... So they had an invading army that was standing over them, telling them what to do, and they also had a Jewish authority that was standing over them, giving them rule after rule after rule that made life difficult. So here we have this text that says: "If somebody strikes you, turn your other cheek. We've got to understand some things about the time to be able to understand that. First of all, there are some assumptions built into that that may or may not be correct. But second of, second of all, you need to understand the way someone would strike someone in that day. First of all, it would be open hand or back of hand. Why? I don't know. That's just what they did. The pugilistic stuff was left for sport, not for not for common enemies who might be fighting with one another, and still, like a lot of Middle Eastern countries, a left hand was not a hand you did anything with, except, and I'm trying to figure out a tactful way to say this: bathroom functions. Okay, your left hand and. and and Denise is nodding because she has folks in the Middle East, and that, that's still true today. Um, prohibitions against left-handedness. Those of you who are left-handed, some of them came from that place, but they use only the left hand only for bathroom functions. So watch this. John, come here a minute. Now, if, I'm gonna, if I get in a fight with John and I want to hit him, which I would never do because he's fought in Vietnam, for God's sake, so I would never do that, but if I did... I have a couple of ways I can strike him with my open hand. I could go like this, I can go like this, or I can backhand him like this or like this, okay? If my left hand is out, I'm going to strike him like this, right? With the back of my hand, because we use the back of our hands. If he turns his other cheek to me for me to strike it, Look what has to happen. I either have to use my left hand, which I wouldn't do, or I have to use the open palm of my right hand. Right? That kind of hit was reserved... Hold on, I'm not done yet. (laughs) was reserved for one who was equal to you. You backhanded an underling. you hit with an open palm, someone who was your equal. So when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, I hit you like this, I'm left with two problems. I have to hit you with an open palm, and I have to hit you with my right hand. That raises you up to be an equal to me. So see, Jesus is being sly here. He's saying to people... If somebody, you be better than them. If they turn this cheek to you, you turn one to them that says, you can hit me again, but you're hitting me as an equal this time, not as somebody who's under your foot. Right? And we didn't plan this, so, you know, but the next part of that is, if, 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 if you owe money to somebody, they can take your coat, Give him your coat. Now, John's dressed in layers, so this isn't going to work right. But he could, I could say to him, give me your coat, right? And he gives me his coat. Well, what's he left with then? He's left with a shirt. Well, ancient Hebrew law said, I can't take his shirt. Because even though they're desert people, it gets cold at night in the desert. And if I take his shirt, he could freeze to death. I, have to, I can't collect a debt to the point where he could die by paying it off. So I can take his fancy coat, but i got to leave him a shirt. Listen to how sly Jesus is here. Jesus says, give me your coat. If, if somebody comes and wants something from you, give them your coat. And then, by the way, give them your shirt too. Because guess what? That leaves you half naked standing in the street. And the people know that you're going to kill that poor guy just collecting on a debt. And the assumption built into that is, well, I'm going to go, well, here, take it all back. Just go. Right? Just go. You can go. Thank you. You're a good sport, John. (laughs) Right? And that turns us into equals, too. It raises people up. And remember, Jesus is talking to the oppressed, the downtrodden, the poor, people who are living in an occupied nation with an invading army. And he's saying, you can do things to turn this around. It's the Proverbs text of people coals of kindness on someone's head because if you do they'll get embarrassed that you're so nice to them right and all of that makes perfect sense to me I understand all that and then we get to verse 30 if anyone begs give to them and I read that, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. If anyone begs, give to them. When crazy homeless Tim was around, he, Jane was very nice to him. She was very good to him. Some days he'd come in as much as nine times a day. Hey, you got a quarter? I need 50 cents for the bus. His his hands were always cracked because he lived outside. His face was always chapped. You got any chapstick? You got any lotion? What do you got to eat today? Can you make me some tea? And we, Gail and I, have never told you this, but early on we had trouble with the organ company one time because we thought that they were doing something that they had they were not doing something they had agreed to do in our contract and it was driving me crazy and the minute I found out I had a meltdown and I called Gail and she talked me off the ledge thank God but um, I was on the phone with the organ company trying to get this all worked out and Tim walked in and Jay our custodian was standing in front of me and I said get him out I cannot take him today. Just get him out of here. And the poor guy was coming in because somebody had given him lunch that day. And he wanted to give it to Jane because she was so nice to him. Yeah, I felt about this big. But beg, give to everyone who begs, it just doesn't sit right and i'm talking about me as an individual dealing with people who beg think about this in a bigger scale think about in terms of we as a nation have people that we support through welfare disability all kinds of things people begging for help you know famously Ronald Reagan talked about the welfare queen and none of us wanted to support a welfare queen. Somebody who just begged and begged and begged and lived off our tax money. And it was a successful argument because none of us want that. And here's this text. Give to all who beg. What in the heck are we supposed to do with that? Remember, there's assumptions built into some of these things. If I beg and beg and beg, and you give to me, like the text tells, eventually my needs will be met. Right? I'm begging and begging, and you give to me till my needs are met, and eventually I can rise up on my own two feet. the assumption built into it is, then I will stop begging. That may not be true in this day. But if my needs are met, your needs are met, then we become the same. That's something to think about. How do we lift people up to the point where their needs are met. I will tell you from personal experience, if you start thinking about that, you'll lose sleep because it's really something to think about. But see, then this text moves on and it gets into the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Or as Sam more articulately said, treat others the way you would want to be treated. We got that. We, that makes sense. We've all been taught that since we were little. And it goes through and says great things. Oh, super, there's a Bible in that pew. It says great things to us, right? Oh, the other part of, of verse 30 is, if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them back. I'm coming over your house. I'm going to bar the TV. Don't ask for it back. Well, you, you two probably don't have a TV, knowing the way you live. <laughs> but anyway... I, let me tell you i just saw I saw one of those church signs. you know it was a Facebook meme, and it said, "To whoever stole our air conditioner, please keep it because you will need it where you're going. It's hot there <laughs> right i mean if somebody if somebody takes something from you, don't ask for it back. That's a hard one too, and i don't know how to i don't know how to, I don't know enough about the culture to put a to put Jesus spin on that, but do to others as you would have them do. And then it is, it goes through all this stuff. What What is it for you to love? What is it for you to lend? What is it for you to do all these things? Because even sinners do that with people. You know, if if I love you and you love me, it's easy to love you. But if you're a big fat jerk and I don't like you, or love you, it becomes a lot harder. And so he's making the argument that we've got a step above. The golden rule is high-level Christianity, friends. Do unto others. We, tr- we teach our kids that, but it takes an awful lot to do unto others as we would have others do to us. It requires enormous effort. And then it gets into not just the way we interact with each other, but how God has interacted with us. Be merciful, just as your Father in heaven is merciful. Don't judge, don't condemn. Forgive. You know, I have friends. um, One of them is Nancy Ramsey, who was here for my installation from Bright Divinity School. But I have other friends I know who served on the committee that brought us the brief statement of faith, um, which was a confession of the church that was developed after the Southern Presbyterians and the Northern Presbyterians came back together. Um, And the Confession of Faith has a line in it. It was the most controversial thing in the whole statement. And it says, we deserve to be condemned. And man, did they get letters about that. How dare you say we deserve to be condemned. Friends, let me tell you something. See this text, this text which rises people up to be equal to equal, to be the same on all their levels because their needs are met, because of the way that they're interacting with each other, because of the mercy they show one another. It says be merciful the way God is merciful to you, but you, we deserve to be condemned. Our sin is so great. Condemnation is all there is for us. And yet, God has shown us mercy. I'm not sure we ever could show that kind of mercy to one another. But it says, show mercy the way your Father in heaven has shown mercy. You deserve something great and yet God has shown enough mercy to stand in your place and reverse the course of time for your life. We deserve condemnation, but we will not find it if we believe in Jesus because God has shown us mercy. God offers us forgiveness. And while we deserve condemnation, we will not find it through the grace of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen.